Show with Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Jake Scott 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's talk a little Utah Jazz basketball. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of their save now, pay later promotion and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check best of state award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. He covers the jazz for kslsports.com. He's our friend Ben Anderson. What's going on, Ben? What's going on, Jake? How are you, man? Pretty good, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing doing really good, actually. It's been busy today. I think I've been running around a lot, but that's that's the job. That means the season's closed. That's a good thing. Yeah, a big announcement. Uh, you know, uh, Silicon Slopes, uh, that, uh, what would you call it, a convention conference uh, in town? Tech Summit. Tech Summit. There you go. That's the official verbiage. But uh, some interesting news coming out of that. I know you wrote about it today. Yeah, uh, a couple of things going on. First of all, Ryan Smith kind of finally confirmed that the uh, the Jazz are going to be going through a little bit of a rebranding. They're still keeping the name, the Utah Jazz, but it does look like the uh, color shift is going to continue to, to move away a little bit uh, from their current blue scheme and maybe more towards this uh, black and white with a little bit of yellow that we've really already seen. You know, Jake, you look at the uh, four jerseys that the team is going to wear this year. It's their home blue jerseys, their white jerseys, the black city jerseys that everyone seems to love. And those yellow, I think they're called the statement jerseys. I, it sounds like they're going to move more towards those as the solidary colors and getting rid of the navy blue that they're wearing. It sounds like that's kind of the direction they're heading so far. And then their uh, big contribution, right? Dwayne Wade involved as well? Yeah, the Jazz has been uh, raising money. Actually, I should say Ryan Smith has been a big part of this. Uh, it's called In Circle. Uh, it's a group, that, a nonprofit organization that aims to provide safe space for LGBTQ uh, kids and communities and their families just to make sure they have a place where they can go and talk and, and you know, figure out how to deal with the difficulties of life. Uh, and Ryan Smith was a big part of it with Apple CEO Tim Cook. Uh, he did that in February. They announced they were trying to raise $8 million. It sounds like they reached that goal today. Uh, Dwayne Wade, who's a parent of an LGBTQ plus uh, child, uh, talked about how important it's been for him and all the good work they're doing out there. So I've got an article up about that at kslsports.com if you want to learn more about it. You're all over it, buddy. Uh, let's talk about the game tonight. Well, actually, let's do this. Let's talk about the game uh, on Monday because I thought it was intriguing. Rudy Gobert obviously dominated, but Donovan Mitchell was really good defensively. I thought I thought we actually saw a lot. We learned a little bit and saw a lot in the game on Monday night. Yeah, it, it's it's easy to forget how good Rudy Gobert is, and I think I was tainted a little bit by, like everyone, uh, I'll give myself an excuse. <laughs> you know, Rudy was not the Rudy Gobert we see during the regular season against the Los Angeles Clippers. And I actually don't think that's Rudy's fault. I, I think that's a lot of what happens to teams in the playoffs when somebody like the Clippers says, well, we're not going to challenge Rudy Gobert. You remember he blocked, was it Marcus Morris's shot in game one or game two to, to kind of get that game winner. And they said, you know what, we're just going to go small. We're going to challenge the Jazz to take their best player off the floor. 
and see if they can beat us that way. And and they went with Terrence Mann at center, and the Jazz didn't adjust uh, as well as, you know, I think a lot of fans wanted them to, or in the ways fans, I think, wanted them to. And the Clippers got the win, and that was a big part of it. Now, you could also point to Mike Conley being hurt and Donovan Mitchell playing on one leg, whatever. But, but I, I think I remember myself kind of forgetting, oh, this is exactly what Rudy Gobert does to most teams in the NBA. When I was watching him on Monday night, he was just blocking every shot, grabbing every rebound that's in his vicinity, some out of his vicinity. He finishes everything at the rim that the Jazz throw up to him. He rolls so hard off of screens. I, you just, you know, you hadn't seen him in the first two preseason games, and we hadn't seen him since he was playing for the French national team. And he just continues to be absolutely one of the best players in the NBA and certainly one of the best centers. He just He's pretty unstoppable when he's at his best, and it looked like Monday night he was at his best. And then, as you mentioned, Donovan Mitchell's defensive contributions, three blocks, four steals. After the game, Rudy said, you know, this guy's a physical monster, and we can see how it manifests itself on the defensive or on the offensive end, but we don't see it as much on the defensive end. And maybe that's something to keep an eye on uh, over this final preseason game and heading into the regular season. I've said this. I think that's how Donovan Mitchell goes from all-star to, like, first-team all-NBA. If he could turn himself, he's never going to be a dominant defender, but if he could turn himself into a, a real impactful two-way player, uh, I think that's really how he goes to the next level. Yeah, and you know what? I think early in his career, it made sense why he wasn't. First of all, there's not really many good young defenders. There's, there's exceptions to that rule, of course, but there generally aren't many. So it needs a season or two but before you can become good. And then early, the Jazz were just asking him to do so much offensively that it made sense that he couldn't, you know, put all of that effort on the defensive side of the ball. And that's not just a Donovan Mitchell issue. You know, Kawhi Leonard is not the defender now that he was when he was in San Antonio. Well, when he was in San Antonio, Tim Duncan could score and Mono Ginobili could score and Tony Parker could score. He could play defense that way like he needed to and win, you know, Defensive Player of the Year awards. Draymond Green can win Defensive Player of the Year awards because Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant can carry the offensive load. But now the Jazz have changed that. You've got Mike Conley. You've got Boyan Bogdanovich. You've seen what Rudy Gay can do uh, with the Spurs in his past. You know how good Jordan Clarkson is. I think Jared Butler is going to be a good scorer. Donovan Mitchell shouldn't have to focus that much energy or as much energy on the offensive end. And and you're right, Jake. I think his next step, if he wants to become a top 10, top 15 player in the NBA, because he's already right there, he's already knocking on the door. But if he wants to knock that door down, it's going to come on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that will lead to success, honestly. I mean, you, you mentioned playoff matchups where you're playing the same team over and over again. I mean, it's it's no secret that your elite of the elite in NBA history were two-way players. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, all these players could impact both sides of the ball, which, of course, produces victories, right? I mean, that's why these folks are so legendary. Absolutely. And when we talk about, you know, the, the, the issues I was saying with Rudy Gobert earlier, really the problem wasn't that Rudy Gobert isn't an incredible defender. He is. It was that the way the Jazz perimeter defenders were playing, because they were asking Rudy Gobert to both defend the paint and then defend Terrence Mann on the perimeter. And he can't be in both places at once as big as he is. He can't do that. Yeah. So you need to stick in front of your man. And that comes with the Jazz guards, the Jazz perimeter defenders, the Jazz wings staying in front of, you know, the Patrick Beverleys of the world, the Reggie Jacksons of the world that, that gave the Jazz fits last year in the postseason. So Milwaukee is in town. The Bucks are here. And, of course, their big three, Giannis, Middleton, and Drew Holiday, were incredible in the playoffs last year. Did that, did that surprise you uh, that, that those three fit together so well? 
I guess as quickly as Drew figured it out, I mean, and Drew's a great veteran. You know, he's an incredibly good player and is one of those two-way players that we talked about. So is Chris Middleton. And really, obviously, Giannis has, has won both an MVP and a Defensive Player of the Year in the last two seasons. So he's incredibly good. He's one of the two or three best players on earth. So I guess how quickly they gelled was maybe what surprised me. But, you know, Giannis and Chris Middleton have been doing this together for a long time. It's just kind of those minor tweaks you make, and eventually the roster breaks through. And, you know, they added Bobby Portis, who – was a little bit discarded uh, by the rest of NBA circles by the time he signed and maybe wasn't the most wanted player in the NBA. So that's that, that's the type of move you have to make that hope, you hope pushes you over the top. And, you know, I think that is what the Jazz are looking for with a guy like Rudy Gay or Hassan Whiteside to come in and make a difference that, that maybe not everyone recognizes they still could at this point. But it does come down to those main three players that you talked about, Jake. And, and you know, the Jazz have players that are not quite on Giannis's level, but, but pretty close. And I think the Jazz second and third best players are better than the Milwaukee Bucks' second, third best player. So I think you're hoping to, to kind of balance that equation, and you've got to certainly look at what they did last year as kind of a, you know, a promising sign that teams like the Jazz can win a championship. Bobby Portis, better known for his acumen on the basketball court or caving in Nikola Mirotic's face? Yeah, and how about that? Nikola Mirotic was almost a Jazz man. Uh, and had, that not, had that worked out, the Jazz would have not ended up with Boyan Bogdanovich. And, and I think Boyan probably ended up being the, uh, the better success story. Might have cost a little bit more, but I think the Jazz are happy to pay it. But, hey, you know what? Good for Bobby Portis. He was kind of known as a weirdo coming out of Arkansas. I remember the Jazz kind of liked him and had looked at him and, and ultimately decided not to go in that direction. Uh, and, and he, you know, ran the gamut, ended up in New York, wasn't good. Washington wasn't good. And then was great in the in the playoffs, and I think that's an important thing. Especially, we we do it a little bit too much in Utah. I think maybe more than a lot of places, we get uh, you know obsessed with this idea of jazz DNA. Who's a jazz player? What types of players fit here? It's like you know what? Did, did anyone think Bobby Portis was going to be a great marriage with Milwaukee? Would, would that have been the two players you put together, or or the team and player you would have put together a half decade ago? I think you need to lose some of that and say. Sometimes you need to go outside of the box or think differently if you want to push your team over the top. And the Jazz have done that. You know, Jordan Clarkson is a player like that who I'm not sure anyone would have thought would have been a great fit in Salt Lake City, and he's beyond good. I mean, he's great for the community. He's great for the team. He's great in the locker room. Thinking outside the box can be really beneficial. And Bobby Portis is, again, looking at this Milwaukee game plan of how they built a champion. It's a good blueprint. Well... (laughs) You know, everybody always thought Bobby had potential. There's a reason the Bulls never punished him, because they, they instead went to Miritich and said, how dare your face get in the way of his fist? I mean, that's that's the next generation of Chicago. I mean, the, the potential's always been there, and maybe it's the right coach, my situation, uh, to, to get the most out of players. And, you know, maturity is a thing, too. We've seen that in a number of different cases, even here locally. So who's to say, uh, you know, whatever jazz DNA actually is, you can't uh, develop that as you get life experience like the rest of us, right? Yeah, and I think, you know what, that's probably a little bit of what the Jazz are doing with Hassan Whiteside because he just was was bad last year in Sacramento. He got played out of the rotation. They chose their younger guys over him. He said he didn't really connect with the guys in the locker room, and it wasn't a bad thing. It was just that he's in his 30s now, and the rest of that roster, I think, was, you know, 23 and younger. It just wasn't – they weren't on the same, you know, timeline anymore. So the Jazz go out and find a guy who's been in the league for a decade and – put him around a bunch of other guys who have been in the league for a decade, and he's talked about how glad he is that he's fitting in. Now, it's got to translate to the floor, and the Jazz are asking him to do a lot, uh, you know, trying to figure out how to fill in for the, the massive shoes that, that Rudy Gobert leaves when he's sitting on the bench. But 
if Hassan Whiteside can pick that up, he can absolutely be one of those success stories that you look in the postseason and say, man, his 10 minutes won that game for the Jazz because Rudy's going to be out there for, you know, 35 minutes, 38 minutes in the playoffs. But if Hassan Whiteside can come in and get two offensive rebounds and get, you know, four points, six points on a few dunks and block some shots, that's a guy you look at and say, yeah, you don't need him to be the, the $20 million guy he was in Miami, but he can still be really good, and that's exactly what Bobby Portis did for the Bucks. Should or can uh, the Nets move Kyrie Irving? They can't. I don't think they can because I don't think anyone trusts. Not that teams won, and this idea that you know there's no trade market for him, that's a little bit uh, of a misconception. Everyone wants Kyrie Irving. He's one of the 15 most talented players on the planet. I mean, he's elite, elite, elite. I just don't think anyone trusts that he won't retire if he moves. And you're not going to find a better situation for Kyrie than playing alongside James Harden and, of course, is his best friend, Kevin Durant. So you, you can't send him somewhere else and say, hey, this is just as good a situation and this will make you happier. You know, the, the t- and, and ironically, the teams that you could probably make that sale for are the Lakers and the Warriors who have two things against them. One, they both also have vaccine mandates in place that are apparently the issue for Kyrie. And he doesn't like LeBron, so he couldn't go to the Lakers even though they have the brand name and the championship acumen. So... The issues for Kyrie are just kind of at a dead end. There's just really no other direction to go. But, Jake, I think I was on with you a couple of weeks ago, and my opinion has always been you can't force Kyrie's hand. You have to let him feel like he's making this decision. And I think, unfortunately, what the Nets did yesterday for them, maybe for the benefit of the rest of the league, they started to force his hand a little bit. And he seems to not like that. He seems to like taking a little bit of a contrarian attitude, and not just due to the vaccine, but you remember he was a flat earther. He didn't like the NBA's restart in the bubble. He didn't like playing with LeBron James. There's just, he's always wanted to go against the popular narrative. And they kind of set a narrative for themselves that if you don't get a vaccine, you're not coming back. And he may stick with the idea that he's not coming back as long as you're forcing his hand to do it. To retire, he'd have to leave $200 million on the table. Yeah, he's not going to do it. I just don't see a way he does it. And look, maybe he doesn't play this year and his contract gets voided somehow and he agrees to a you know a zero dollar or a ten million dollar buyout or something with the Nets, and then signs somewhere next off season or when the vaccination is event you know mandate is eventually lifted because i'm sure it will be he comes back to the nba maybe that's what they end up doing but i'm he, he's not going to give up 200 million dollars look ben simmons is coming back to philadelphia because he lost three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. like that was the boiling point for ben simmons and rich paul so at some point, Kyrie Irving, regardless of his you know standards or morals or whatever he wants to say is, is his reason for sitting out, I think he'll buckle. Where's Ben Simmons at the trade deadline, do you think? Does he move? Not Philly. Yeah, he's not in yeah. Philly. There's just no way, Jake. There's no, no way. You can't have a what – I mean, and this is not just Ben Simmons' fault. It is his fault. But you cannot have the head coach say, I don't think you can win with him or I don't know if you can win with him in the playoffs after you get eliminated, and then expect him to come back and return. And then Ben Simmons is totally the wrong personality to test that theory with. He just He's never been fun. He doesn't like people. He doesn't like the, the playful part of the NBA. He hated the Donovan Mitchell Rookie of the Year stuff, even though Donovan Mitchell was just trying to be kind of young and fun about it. It's just not who Ben Simmons is. So you have to move him for the betterment of Philly, for the betterment of Ben Simmons. You can do this to say, hey, look, we think it would get him on the floor. Everything's fine. There's no you know, underlying drama. 
but everyone knows that's a lie. You have to trade him, and they're gonna, you know, they're gonna take a bath. They're gonna have to sell him for pennies on the dollar because both sides have screwed it up so badly. And my guess is he ends up on a bad team that he doesn't want to play for either. I just, I don't see this working out well for anybody. Does he put on a fat suit like James Harden to force Daryl Morey's hand? Yeah, I, I, does he? Here's the problem for, for him. It's not like he can come out and not shoot the ball because that's what he did in the fourth quarter of all the playoff games. Like you know, Kobe did that at one point because he, he was did. mad at Phil Jackson. Yeah, Phil said you don't pass that. enough, and he said, "Fine, I'm never going to shoot the ball again." And he just passed for an entire game. Like Ben Simmons kind of can't do that because what's he going to prove? We've already seen what happens when he doesn't shoot the ball. It doesn't make him better, and we know kind of what his limitations are when he does shoot. So. He's kind of also painted himself in this corner, why it's, which is why it's not all Philadelphia's fault and why it's not all Ben's fault. It's just, it's a bad fit, and they both screwed it up. And it's, it's funny to watch because, you know, I think 76ers fans and the 76ers media and some of their, their radio stations have been the bane of some Jazz fans and some Donovan Mitchell fans for a while. Oh, man, is that the wrong city to get on the south end of the, you know, the, the fan fervor, right? I mean, that can't help be helping things for Ben Simmons. There's just, yeah, but you just couldn't have found a worse situation right. with everything. I mean, the media, I, I mean, have you seen the pot shots people are taking at Ben Simmons when they're doing, like, random news, <laughs> weathermen, people being interviewed on the streets with stories that have nothing to do with Ben Simmons? They find a way to throw in a cheap shot. So, like, when we say this marriage can't be fixed, you know, Jake, I'm sure you remember some in the 90s. It felt like at a point Carl Malone would have to be traded from the Jazz because he and Larry H. Miller had had their issues. It's nothing like this where everybody hates Ben Simmons, including some of just the, you know, the, the very vulgar and, and kind of putrid chance that they have in the arena at games he's not even at. They did it at a wrestling match. <laughs> they just are not going to let him back at any point. Man, you remember that summer where Carl went on the radio in L.A. with Vic the Brick Jacobs and just every day it was something new? Never going to play for the Jazz again. Uh, that was something. Uh, well, you know what? He's kind of kept up uh, some of the strangeness if you watch from recent Well, he, he took <laughs> off his shirt at a press conference. Yeah, uh, this did week. Press, did you watch the presser? No, because I I didn't want to. I actually I wasn't going to bring it up because I think the cause I, the cause of the Utah Food Bank is amazing and what he's doing up there is actually really cool. But I don't. I just I'm extremely it. pro you. I'm with you. The Utah Food Bank is fantastic, and you should donate. And and I know you guys have done work with with you know food drives, and it's incredible. Uh, and, and I hope what Carl Malone does helps. You just got such a weird side of Carl Malone in that in that process and in his announcement because the fact that he didn't tell the Utah Food Bank what he was doing. So, <laughs> yeah, Carl continues to be strange. And hopefully it all ends up, you know, strange things can work for a positive, and he certainly drew some attention to it. Hopefully that's the case. But Carl Malone has, has inarguably stayed weird. <laughs> I just saw, I saw some of the videos. I was like, why is Carl taking off his shirt? Why is that a thing? Why, what, yeah, what's he doing He's kind of bouncing here? around the whole time. Yeah. He's, you know, he's still Carmelo. He's still his own person. That's par for the course. That's what he does. It's it's why you know what I remember. I remember he did like three hours of radio with Gordon and Brad Rock once, and I was out of town, and I had them send me the the file immediately because I just you, you can't stop listening to it. I mean, it's it's yeah. going, it's it's going. 
But you know, it's worked for Carl. He's amassed a fortune. He owns several businesses. It seems like you know, in, in this latter part of his life, he's really tried to go out of his way to help people. And and you know what? You can be weird if you're if you're trying to be a good person. I Absolutely. think Carl Malone's really trying to Carl yeah. Malone is really trying to do good. I think in the community, it's just the only way Carl Malone knows how to do it, and that's Carl Malone's way. Yeah, and uh, he's kind of become an active member of that community up there in Midway and Heber too, which is which is actually pretty cool. So, but I did see some of that press conference this week, and it was it was. Uh, Carl's yeah. still I'd, I'd advertise it. You know, I wrote about it. You can go read about it at kslsports.com. Uh, absolutely, Ben. You do a terrific job. I know you're going to be covering the game tonight, so enjoy, and we'll be looking for the, the work that follows. All right. We'll talk again soon, Jake. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. That's our friend Ben Anderson from kslsports.com. Read all of his work. He covers the jazz and uh, does a great job doing it. We appreciate him jumping on the show. Carl Malone press conferences uh, uh, have always been something. In fact, I, I will never forget Carl Malone's retirement press conference. It was very long and very random. Uh, but I do think it's really cool that he's working with the Utah Food Bank. It's great. It, it's great. It's, there's few more worthy causes out there, of course, than the Utah Food Bank. And, of course, uh, Carl Malone is, uh, is going to be Carl Malone. That's, that's what he does. Uh, joining us now in studio from Premier Wave, he's our friend uh, Dr. Johnson. Did you see Carl back in town donating to the food bank? Yeah, that's awesome. I actually lived by Carl growing up. So you you're a fan of the mailman. All I the am way a along? fan. He's he was so nice to us kids. He you know go up to his house every once in a while and show us around. He was a great great person. Well, he's still uh, you got to admire him. He's still trying to be a, a well is a very active you know member of the community, giving back and and doing all those sorts of things. Yeah, I thought he was such a nice person and very eclectic uh, personality. You don't see too many men of his uh, stature and out hunting as much as he does, so that's awesome. He was weirdly the perfect superstar for this state at the time. And and our community, we were a good fit for Carl too, because he was he's a small town guy from you know, from the deep south and uh was not I don't I don't know how he would have done in a really big time market right out of the gate. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I still remember the story that was told that he, he came to the 24th of July parade right after he was drafted and they thought, you know, Frank Liam told him it was a birthday parade for him. <laughs> Which is hilarious, right? And and all of us will always remember Carl, Carl Malone's birthday for that reason, yeah, right? Exactly. That's a great story. Absolutely great. All right, speaking of great story, uh, you guys at Premier are doing great things nobody else is doing. Yeah, so we have a couple uh, treatment treatment lasers that we have that no one else has. So on the ED side, we have a new laser, or it's an acoustic wave machine, rather, that penetrates five times as deep as anything out on the market and was specifically designed for ED. The other ones, while they you know were treat, used to treat ED, weren't designed specifically for it. So this is the first machine. And they've thought through all the process, so it's two to three times more effective than the other things. And we also have some CO2 lasers for the women's side that were specifically designed for vaginal rejuvenation that we helped develop and getting great results with that as well. And tell us about the experience there at your office, because I've been there, a beautiful facility, and got a chance to meet some of your staff, and they just seem like great people. Yeah, we, you know, we actually went through about 50, 60 interviews to pick the staff we wanted. And we chose everyone because they're well-trained. So all of our staff are at least licensed master estheticians or nurse practitioners. So they're very well-trained on these specific things, and they're very nice. We, you know, went through a lot of people. And then 
we kind of designed the building for what we're doing, make it comfortable. We didn't want to make it too, you know, dry and sterile like a doctor's office, but we didn't go too full-on medical spa either. So it's kind of a nice mix. Absolutely. Very comfortable. 385-360-WAVE is the number to call, 385-360-9283. And I know you've got a very special deal for Zone listeners. Yeah, so we're offering $300 off the treatment package if you've mentioned 1280 The Zone. But we're also giving people who've tried the treatments before and haven't gotten results half off the treatment package because we feel so certain that it's going to work. And also, we're doing a new um, introduction for Juvo, which is a brand new Botox-like you know, drug, new toxin, on the 19th. And we're giving away a full free-year supply of Juvo. So How come in that? and register for that. It's, pretty, it's like a $3,000 offer. Wow, no big deal. All right, PremierWave.com if you want to jump online and check them out, PremierWave.com. Or simply call 385-360-WAVE, 385-360-9283. Thank you, Dr. Johnson. Yeah, Drake, it's great hanging out with you, my friend. Absolutely, buddy. We appreciate it. We'll, have, uh, we'll let you hear from Mike Conley coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Lincoln Kennedy, Raider Radio Analyst. I'm honestly still trying to process what I found out in the last 48 hours. Yesterday, the rest of the emails that were shared were between Bruce Allen and John Gruden. It's been a little overwhelming. I work for both of these guys. Bruce Allen was the team president when I was playing at the Raiders, and John Gruden was a coach. Never once did I see an inkling of the information that I got from the emails or heard about over the last couple of days. So this is all surprising to me. In this day and climate, you can't have that. You can't tolerate that. So, was really surprised last night when the news came down from Mark Davis and the Raiders that they're letting him go, but at the same point, understanding why they had to let him go. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's game day here on the station. We're going to hear Mike Conley, his uh, shoot-around availability earlier today here in a moment. But first, let's send somebody to the game, shall we, Lloyd? 12th caller right now, 855-340-ZONE. We're hooking you up a four-pack of tickets to come to the game tonight. Jazz Bucks be listening all season long here to the Zone Sports Network. We're going to be giving out jazz tickets. Very excited about it. So if you want to uh, take the family, take the friends, whatever, we've got four tickets for you. 12th caller right now, 855-340-ZONE. Let's hear from Mike Conley. Jazz point guard was made available after shoot-around today. Here's what he had to say. How was your birthday, Mike? It was good, thank you. Just played a game and went home. What's that? Happy birthday. Thank you, thank you. Made it, we made it. Mike, you got Well, you know, when you have a, a gap in between your last preseason game and regular season game, um, you try to use that week as best as you can to prepare. Um, but this, this last preseason game is always a good one for us to, you know, work on whatever we're trying to work on and try to establish before the season starts against a different team because the next week we're going to be scrimmaging against each other and 
uh, we do that all the time. So tonight's a big, uh, big opportunity for a lot of guys just to, um, you know, learn, experience different roles, uh, different lineups, different plays, and and get us ready to go for next week uh, when when the real, real action starts. Just given that we're at the end of preseason, like how valuable is going up against a different team? Like, do you expect to be able to kind of gain much in terms of what you can well, yeah, it's very valuable. Uh, in this case, it's super valuable playing against a team that is coming off of winning a championship and um, their unique makeup, I think, with Giannis um, and what he brings to the table. We have to defend them differently than we defend most teams in the league. So uh, it's a good test early for us uh, as far as um, our details and um, paying attention to the little things that uh, – you know, when the regular season starts, we're going to need to have to have to uh, you win games like this against teams similar uh, with with stars like that and, and 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 rosters that make up the way that they play. Are you guys aware that you're going to be seeing Milwaukee twice in about a two week span, or is that not something that's really on your radar? Um, I think we all we've all looked at the schedule. We know, but um, and anytime you get to play against the the Bucks. Um, and we, you know, we know how good they are. We know what it's going to take to have to win to beat a team like that. It's always a game you look forward to. But as far as us early in the season, it's always establishing who we are uh, defensively first. Offensively, you know, we'll we'll make make shots, miss shots, but defense is where we're going to hang our hat. And um, regardless of who we play, so uh, I think that our focus is just locked in on ourselves. Um, I think still we have to, uh, learn each other again, just play, play, you know, more basketball together. You know, we've only played one game truthfully with our team, uh, completely out there. So, um, you know, tonight will be another opportunity for us to just continue to work on, you know, timing and, um, you know, being precise with our passes, not turning the ball over, um, working on different things defensively, conditioning-wise, whatever it may be. Uh, so I think it's, it's – uh, you know, we have a lot of things we can try to shore up, but for the most part, it's just getting out there and playing. Tom was talking at the game the other night about um, just doing down on, on one of the like, little more of a test defensively and sort of out there and making a couple of where do you feel like there's room to grow with you guys perimeter defenders this season? Uh, whether it's doing something differently than before or, or doing the same Well, I think uh, obviously there's room to improve uh, from everybody on the perimeter. Um, I think that each guy, I've said it before, I think has taken um, ownership uh, of the opportunity to go out there and, and, and be better defensively. And Donovan's one that's you know, really trying to lead by example and what he's trying to accomplish for himself and the team. Uh, the rest of the guys, uh, we're going to continue to try to be who we are, continue to try to be, you know, pass, stay in front of our guys, get steals, um, create tough opportunities for people and and utilize, you know, Rudy as much as we can with without overworking him, without having to ha- have him uh, anchor us all the way, all the time. Um, so give him a little bit of a break. We all have to be better, so and we understand that, and uh, we're looking forward to the opportunity to to get better at it. Having another year watching guys, uh, specifically like me and Elijah, what have you seen from them 
that maybe we haven't seen from behind the scenes the last few weeks since the preseason where they've maybe improved or what you're seeing differently? Um, both those guys have improved a lot. I've thought uh, Elijah, one of the first things I said to him was about his defense. And I was like, man, you, you've been working on sliding your feet or something this summer because he's really taken that to heart and has come out and played hard, tried hard um, on that end of the floor. We know he can score. We know he can shoot. Uh, so that's been very impressive. Mie, we know he's a defender, um, what he brings and, and, you know, his three and D aspect, um, being able to get to the corners and, and create space, but he's trying to handle the ball a little bit more, um, you, know, you know, one, two dribbles into the paint, make plays for guys as well. So every guy is trying to extend themselves a little bit more um, and create, you know, more opportunities for our team in, that, in, in, in doing so. When you guys are like have a practice day or getting in the gym for a day, do you guys like get in and go against some of those guys, or is it like individual work, or you guys are separate from maybe like the independent guys? No, we we all uh, we're thrown in it together. A lot of the times, for most of the early part of preseason training camp, we've you know Don's been on the opposite team as me, and Rudy's been on the opposite team as Hassan, and been flipping and um rarely do we all play together like I said it's the first time we really played together was last right. last game for the most part we're always uh, competing against each other all the way down to you know every guy on the bench so um and, and that, that sets a good environment a good culture and you know it's a good way to compete you feel like you get a better read maybe on the younger guys when they're the ones defending you yeah it, it does help you know it does help because I mean you know, seeing, like I said, Elijah, I got to see firsthand because he's, he guarded me one time. I was like, you weren't doing that last year, you know, just the way he was picking up on things a little bit quicker. And uh, Trent, you know, JB, everybody's just, you know, really working on that in the floor. And uh, it's cool to see that when they're going against you and, you know, being physical and just pushing you at the same time. Depending on the game, if we're playing Warzone, it's probably me. Uh, they won't tell you that, though. It's all good. But we've, we've got a full team of guys that play. And I think that's that's been our secret over the last few seasons is, you know, we play a lot of Call of Duty together uh, off the court and um, stay connected always. Who needs some work? Um, who needs work? <sighs> you know, Don, I would have said Don, but he's gotten better. He's gotten better. I don't know if he's put some cheats in or something, but uh, he's been working. Just right. to follow, oh, sorry, just to follow up on that. Hassan said that there's like team culture and like you guys just get along really well. He's never been on a team like that. Mm. Um, what do you think makes this transition so easy for new players? For players coming in? Yeah. Um, well, I think it starts up top, you know, with mm -hmm. Coach Quinn and uh, the environment he's set, uh, the standards he's set for our team. And, and all the guys he's able to to bring in, and uh, we're all like minded. We're selfish, uh, selfless, you know, under, individuals, and uh, we like to have fun. Uh, you know, we demand a lot of each other, but we understand, you know, we, how to talk to each other. We how to, you know, how to be respectful, how to be pros, and that's when you come into situations like that. It's pretty easy to to fit in because uh, the table is set for you, and you just, you know, just fit right in. Mike Conley, that was his media availability today at Shootaround. Jazz take on the Bucks tonight here at Vivint Arena. 
game will tip off a little after 7 o'clock. Lock and Boone will have all the action for you. Pre-game coverage here on the Zone Sports Network begins at 6. Coach Tim Lacombe will be in the house. We'll uh, have pre-half and post-game coverage for you, as always. Coming up next, we have a market update. PK is jumping on the show at 4. Christian Cox at 5. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's a Win Ticket Wednesday on the Zone Sports Network. It's a Win Ticket Wednesday right here. Win. Listen all day for the Win Ticket Wednesday sounder for your chance to win tickets. What? Who authorized that? To all the biggest concerts, games, and other great events here in the state of Utah. It's a Win Ticket Wednesday right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Woo! On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. The telephone is ringing. You got me on the run. It's a big show. Jake Scott with you, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a market update brought to you by TryDayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TryDayTrading.com. Today, uh, down Jones, down a little less than a point, so not much. S&P 500 up 13. The NASDAQ up 105. There's your market update. PK is going to join the show. Coming up next, looking forward to uh, chatting with our good buddy Patrick Kinahan. I actually jumped on with him today on DJ and PK as David James was taking the day off. What was DJ doing? A little, you scratch my back, I scratch your back. Oh, yeah, man. Always willing to help. I like jumping on. I love DJ and PK in the morning. What was David doing? Is he... World famous things, super TV secret things. meeting, a super secret super meeting, super secret summit meeting. I see. Well, uh, DJ gonna be back tomorrow. I hope so. Yeah. All right. Well, we missed him, but I tried. Not that DJ or PK doesn't do a fine job, anyways. But like, I'm always miss DJ. PK, PK actually complimented me when he brought me on this morning. He called me smart, and it was one of those things, Lloyd, where I came on. Uh, and it was like. What are you up to? What are you up to? What yeah. are you up? What were those? Uh, what were those commercials for? What are you up to? What was that? Is that Directv? Yes, I think it was. Seems like that's right. What are tra- you what up to? Are you up to the, the person who just watched their neighbors all day? Wasn't that that? Wasn't that? That was a funny so. ad campaign. Anyway, and we started doing that with pretty much anybody that we didn't trust. What are you up to? It's like, <laughs> which is pretty much everybody. Yes, absolutely. Somebody come up to you and go, "Hi, hey, hey, Lloyd, you having a nice day?" What are you up to? What's like Hatch on? of all people, every morning I say when I walk in here, I just think to myself, "What are you up to?" Oh, Jake Hatch. Oh yeah. Oh, he's up to something. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. He's scheming. He is scheming at all times. He is a schemer. Need to get like a like a security camera in here. Right. I know. Watch my back at all times. <laughs> Hatch. Hatch is now the suspicious one on the staff. Oh, so suspicious. Now he's the one who you just don't. You walk out of the room facing him. You know what I mean? Yep. All right. All right. That seems fair. 
Uh, we'll talk all things under the sun with PK. We'll we'll talk about the NBA. Uh, we'll talk about the Utah Jazz game tonight, Milwaukee Bucks uh, in town, and also dive into some college football with PK. He was talking this morning about just how important this weekend is um, for for the state, for everybody playing. And, of course, uh, this may be the most difficult uh, opponent that BYU has on their, certainly has, on, has left on their schedule, maybe had on their schedule, period, uh, with Baylor. So we'll talk to him about that. And then Utah-Arizona State. Of course, PK is a Sun Devil, but... Uh, the winner of this game probably in the driver's seat in the South at the moment. Anything can change, but certainly a, uh, a big game. So we will dive into that and more with the one and only Patrick Kinahan coming up right around the corner. So stay tuned for that. But joining me now in studio from Premier Wave, he's our friend, Dr. Johnson. What's going on, doctor? Not much. How you doing? I'm good. You're a Utes guy. Did they, they beat Arizona State over the weekend? Yep. I predict they'll beat them by two touchdowns. Wow. Not only win, but win big. That's Heck bold. Yeah, go, go big or go home, as we say at our place. They they looked really good against USC. They can they can do that again. They got a good shot. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the the um, I guess the the results that your patients are getting uh, with this new technology that uh, has just been FDA approved. Yeah, they're getting great results. Um, they've done, you know, lots of research on erectile dysfunction over the years, and they've come up with this questionnaire, which they use to determine how well something functions in terms of, like, treatments. And so it's on a scale of 0 to 25. And, you know, people who are, have very severe erectile dysfunction score between 0 and 5, and then you have severe, which is 6 to 11, moderates 12 to 16, and mild 17 to 21, normals 22 to 25 on the scale. So the old treatments, you'd get about a 5 to 6 point jump after the series of 6 treatments. With this new machine, you get about a 12, 10 to 12 point jump, which is significant because you can go from moderate erectile dysfunction to normal. Moderate is you can get an erection with like Cialis Viagra to back to completely normal. And we've seen that happen many a time. So you just get phenomenal results. Get that spontaneity back. Yes, yes. And no one really wants to have take a pill and wait around, you know. Plus, it's such a big part of your life. I mean, it's really important for relationships. They've shown that people who have regular intercourse have a score much higher on what's called the happiness index. And so it's just such an important part of life. And no need to suffer if you don't have to. I mean, in my mind, really, if, if you're serious about getting erectile dysfunction fixed, then you'll come see us because we get at least twice the results, if not more. And that's, you know, simply because we have the better machine. It's designed specifically for erectile dysfunction. Couple that with our well-trained staff, and we thought through the protocols, and we were helping the company, you know, improve even on the protocols. Really, if you're serious about it, you'll come see us. All right, here's the number to call, 385-360-WAVE, and you're doing a lot of good things for Zone listeners today. Yeah, so we're giving you know the $300 off the treatment series if you mentioned 12A The Zone, plus you know we feel so confident people who've tried this and not had the results, because we've had a lot of people who've come in because of this, and they're getting phenomenal results. We'll give you half off of our treatment package. Awesome. All right. 385-360-WAVE. That's 385-360-9283. You can check them out online as well, premierwave.com. We appreciate it, Doctor. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll have uh, PK joining us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.